0: Ulysses, fifteen C, the third of seven parts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ulysses by James Joyce, fifteen C. Bloom explains to those near him his schemes for social regeneration. All agree with him. The keeper of the Kildare Street Museum appears, dragging a lorry, on which are the shaking statues of several naked goddesses Venus Calipaig, Venus Pendemos, Venus Metempsychosis, and plaster figures, also naked, representing the new nine muses, commerce, operatic music, amour, publicity. Manufacture, Liberty of Speech, Plural Voting, Gastronomy, Private Hygiene, Seaside Concert Entertainments, Painless Obstetrics, and Astronomy for the People. Father Farley He is an Episcopalian, an Agnostic, an Anything Aryan, seeking to overthrow our holy faith. Mrs. Riordan tears up her will. I'm disappointed in you, you bad man. Mother Grogan removes her boot to throw it at Bloom. You beast, you abominable person. Nosey Flynn. Give us a tune, Bloom, one of the old sweet songs. Bloom, with rollicking humor, I vowed that I never would leave her. She turned out a cruel deceiver with my turaloom, turaloom, tooraloom, tooraloom. Hoppy Hollahan. Corno Bloom. There's nobody like him after all. Paddy Leonard. Stage Irishman. Bloom. What railway opera is like a tram-line in Gibraltar? The Rose of Castile. Laughter. Lenehan. Plagiarist. Down with Bloom. The Veiled Sibyl. enthusiastically. I'm a Bloomite, and I glory in it. I believe in him in spite of all. I'd give my life for him, the funniest man on earth. Bloom winks at the bystanders. I bet she's a bonny lassie. Theodore Pierfoy in fishing cap and oilskin jacket. He employs a mechanical device to frustrate the sacred ends of nature. The veiled sibyl stabs herself. My hero-god, she dies. Many most attractive and enthusiastic women also commit suicide by stabbing, drowning, drinking prussic acid, aconite, arsenic, opening their veins, refusing food, casting themselves under steamrollers from the top of Nelson's pillar into the great vat of Guinness's brewery, asphyxiating themselves by placing their heads in gas ovens, hanging themselves in stylish garters, leaping from windows of different stories. Alexander J. Dowie, violently. Fellow Christians and and anti-Bloomites, the man called Bloom is from the roots of hell. A disgrace to Christian men. A fiendish libertine from his earliest years, this stinking goat of Mendes gave precocious signs of infantile debauchery, recalling the cities of the plain with a dissolute grandam. This vile hypocrite, bronzed with infamy, is the white bull mentioned in the apocalypse. A worshipper of the scarlet woman intrigue is the very breath of his nostrils. The steak, faggots, and the cauldron of boiling oil are for him Caliban The Mob Lynch him, roast him He's as bad as Parnell was, mister Fox. Mother Grogan throws her boot at Bloom. Several shopkeepers from Upper and Lower Dorset Street throw objects of little or no commercial value. Ham bones, condensed milk tins, unsaleable cabbage, stale bread, sheep's tails, odd pieces of fat. Bloom excitedly. This is midsummer madness, some ghastly joke again, by heaven! I am guiltless as the unsunned snow. It was my brother Henry. He is my double. He lives in number two Dolphin's barn. Slander the viper has wrongfully accused me. Fellow countrymen. Genilin ban bata koiste gan kapal. I call on my old friend Dr. Malachi Mulligan, sex specialist, to give medical testimony on my behalf. Doctor Mulligan in motor jerkin, green motor goggles on his brow. Doctor Bloom is bisexually abnormal. He has recently escaped from Dr. Eustace's private asylum for demented gentlemen. Born out of bedlock, Hereditary epilepsy is present, the consequence of unbridled lust. Traces of elephantiasis have been discovered among his ascendants. There are marked symptoms of chronic exhibitionism. Ambidexterity is also latent. He is prematurely bald from self-abuse, perversely idealistic in consequence, a reformed rake, and has metal teeth. In consequence of a family complex, he has temporarily lost his memory, and I believe him to be more sinned against than sinning. I have made a pre-vaginal examination, and after application of the acid test to 5,427 anal, axillary, pectoral, and pubic hairs, I declare him to be Virgo intacta. Bloom holds his high-grade hat over his genital organs. Dr. Madden Hypsospatia is also marked. In the interest of coming generations, I suggest that the parts affected should be preserved in spirits of wine in the National Teratological Museum. Dr. Crothers I have examined the patient's urine. It is albuminoid. Salivation is insufficient. The patella reflex intermittent. Dr. Punch Costello the fetor Judaicus is most perceptible. Doctor Dixon reads a bill of health. Professor Bloom is a finished example of the new womanly man. His moral nature is simple and lovable. Many have found him a dear man, a dear person. He is a rather quaint fellow, on the whole. Coy, though not feeble-minded in the medical sense. He has written a really beautiful letter, a poem in itself, to the court missionary of the Reformed Priests Protection Society, which clears up everything. He is practically a total abstainer, and I can affirm that he sleeps on a straw litter and eats the most Spartan food, cold, dried grocer's peas. He wears a hair-shirt of pure Irish manufacture, winter and summer, and scourges himself every Saturday. He was, I understand, at one time a first-class misdemeanant in Glencree Reformatory. Another report states that he was a very posthumous child. I appeal for clemency in the name of the most sacred word our vocal organs have ever been called upon to speak. He is about to have a baby. General commotion and compassion. Women faint. A wealthy American makes a street collection for Bloom. Gold and silver coins, blank checks, bank notes, jewels, treasury bonds, maturing bills of exchange, IOUs, wedding rings, watch chains, lockets, necklaces, and bracelets are rapidly collected. Bloom oh i so want to be a mother mrs thornton in nurse tender's gown embrace me tight dear you'll be soon over it tight dear bloom embraces her tightly and bears eight male yellow and white children they appear on a red carpeted staircase adorned with expensive plants all the octuplets are handsome with valuable metallic faces, well made, respectably dressed and well conducted, speaking five modern languages fluently, and interested in various arts and sciences, each has his name printed in legible letters on his shirt front: Nasodoro, Goldfinger, Chrysostomos, Maindori, Silver Smile, Silberselber, Vifargent, Panagiaros they are immediately appointed to positions of high public trust in several different countries as managing directors of banks traffic managers of railways chairman of limited liability companies vice chairman of hotel syndicates a voice bloom are you the messiah ben joseph or ben david bloom darkly you have said it brother buzz THEN PERFORM A MIRACLE LIKE uh, FATHER CHARLES. BANTAM LIONS. PROPHESY WHO WILL WIN THE SAINT LEGER. BLOOM WALKS ON A NET, COVERS HIS LEFT EYE WITH HIS LEFT EAR, PASSES THROUGH SEVERAL WALLS, CLIMBS NELSON'S PILLAR, HANGS FROM THE TOP LEDGE BY HIS eyelids, EATS TWELVE DOZEN OYSTERS, SHELLS INCLUDED, HEALS SEVERAL SUFFERERS FROM KING'S EVIL, contracts his face so as to resemble many historical personages—Lord Beaconsfield, Lord Byron, Watt Tyler, Moses of Egypt, Moseph Maimonides, Moseph Mendelssohn, Henry Irving, Rip Van Winkle, Cossuth, Jean-Jacques Rousseau, Baron Leopold Rothschild, Robinson Crusoe, Sherlock Holmes, Pasteur—turns each foot simultaneously in different directions, bids the tide turn back, Eclipses the sun by extending his little finger. Brini, papal nuncio. In papal zouaves, uniform, steel cuirasses as breastplate, armplates, thigh plates, leg plates, large profane moustaches, and brown paper mitre. Leopoldi autum generatio. Moses begat Noah, and Noah begat eunuch and eunuch begat O'Halloran, and O'Halloran begat Guggenheim, and Guggenheim begat Agendath, and Agendath begat Netaim. and Neteim begat L'Hirsch, and L'Hirsch begat Jesurum, and Jesurum begat McKay, and McKay begat Ostrolopsky, and Ostrolopsky begat Smerdels, and Smerdels begat Weiss, and Weiss begat Schwarz, and Schwartz begat Adrianopoli. And Adrianople begat Arandres, and Arandrez begat Louis Lawson, and Louis Lawson begat Ichabod and Ichabod begat O'Donnell Magnus, and O'Donnell Magnus begat Christbaum, and Christbaum begat Ben Maimun, and Ben Maimun begat Dusty Roads, and Dusty Roads begat Ben Amor, and Ben Amor begat Joan Smith, and Joan Smith begat Zavorgnanovich. And Zaborgnanovich begat Jasperstone, and Jasperstone begat Vingtituneemi, and Vingtituneemi begat Zombathli, and Zombathli begat Virag, and Virag begat Bloom. Et vocabitur nomen ius immanuel. A dead hand writes on the wall Bloom is a cod. Crab in bushranger's kit. What did you do in the cattle creek behind Kilbarrack? A female infant shakes a rattle. And under Ballybow Bridge? A holly bush. And in the Devil's Glen? Bloom blushes furiously all over from Franz to Nate's, three tears falling from his left eye. Spare my past. The Irish evicted tenants in body-coats, knee-breeches, with Donnybrook fair shillelays, z jam him. Bloom, with ass's ears, seats himself in the pillory with crossed arms, his feet protruding. He whistles Don Giovanni, a senar teco. Artane orphans joining hands caper round him, girls of the prison-gate mission joining hands caper round in the opposite direction. The Artane Orphans. You hig, you hog, you dirty dog, you think the ladies love you? The prison gate girls. If you see KAY, tell him he may see you in tea, tell him from me. Hornblower, in effid and hunting cap, announces And he shall carry the sins of the people to Azazel, the spirit which is in the wilderness, and to Lilith the night hag, and they shall stone him and defile him, yea, all from Agendaph, Natayim, and from Mizraim, the land of Ham. All the people cast soft pantomime stones at Bloom. Many bona fide travellers and ownerless dogs come near him and defile him. Mastiansky and Citron approach in gabardines wearing long earlocks. They wag their beards at Bloom. Mastiansky and Citron Belial lame line of Istria, the false Messiah Abu Lafia, recant George R. Messias, Bloom's tailor, appears a tailor's goose under his arm, presenting a bill, messias to alteration, one pair trousers, eleven shillings. Bloom rubs his hands cheerfully, just like old times, poor Bloom. Reuben J. Dodd, black-bearded Iscariot, bad shepherd, bearing on his shoulders the drowned corpse of his son, approaches the pillory. Reuben J. whispers hoarsely, The squeak is out. A split is gone for the flatties. Nip the first rattler. The fire brigade. Plop! Brother Buzz invests Bloom in a yellow habit with embroidery of painted flames and high-pointed hat. He places a bag of gunpowder round his neck and hands him over to the civil power, saying, Forgive him his trespasses. Lieutenant Myers of the Dublin Fire Brigade, by general request, sets fire to Bloom. Lamentations. THE CITIZEN Thank heaven. Bloom, in a seamless garment marked IHS, stands upright amid phoenix flames. Weep not for me, O Daughters of Erin. He exhibits to Dublin reporters traces of burning. The Daughters of Erin, in black garments, with large prayer books and long lighted candles in their hands, kneel down and pray. Daughters of Erin. Kidney of bloom, pray for us. Flower of the bath, pray for us. Mentor of menton, pray for us. Canvasser for the freeman, pray for us. Charitable mason, pray for us. Wandering soap, pray for us. Sweets of sin, pray for us. Music without words, pray for us. Reprover of the citizen, pray for us. Friends of all frillies, pray for us. Midwife most merciful, pray for us potato preservative against plague and pestilence pray for us a choir of six hundred voices conducted by Vincent O'Brien sings the chorus from Handel's Messiah Alleluia for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth accompanied on the organ by Joseph Glynn Bloom becomes mute shrunken carbonized Zoe talk away till you're black in the face bloom In cawbean with clay pipe stuck in the band, dusty brogues, an immigrant's red handkerchief bundle in his hand, leading a black bog oak pig by sugon, with a smile in his eye. Let me be going now, woman of the house, for by all the goats in Connemara I am after having the father and mother of a baiting. With a tear in his eye, all insanity, patriotism, sorrow for the dead, music, future of the race to be or not to be life's dream is o'er, end it peacefully they can live on he gazes far away mournfully i am ruined a few pastilles of aconite the blinds drawn a letter then lie back to rest he breathes softly no more i have lived fair farewell. Zoe, stiffly, her finger in her neck fillet. Honest? Till the next time, she sneers. Suppose you got up the wrong side of the bed, or came too quick with your best girl. Oh, I can read your thoughts. Bloom bitterly. Man and woman, love, what is it? A cork and bottle, I'm sick of it. Let everything rip. Zoe, in sudden sulks, I hate a rotter that's insincere. Give a bleeding horror a chance. Bloom, repentantly. I am very disagreeable. You are a necessary evil. Where are you from? London? Zoe, glibly. Hogs Norton, where the pigs play the organs. I'm Yorkshire born. She holds his hand, which is feeling for her nipple. I say, Tommy Tittlemouse, stop that and begin worse. <laughs> have you cash for a short time 10 shillings bloom smiles nods slowly more houry, more zoe and moore's mother she pats him offhandedly with velvet paws are you coming into the music room to see our new pianola come and i'll peel off bloom feeling his occiput dubiously with the unparalleled embarrassment of a harassed peddler gauging the symmetry of her peeled pears. "'Somebody would be dreadfully jealous if she knew. The green-eyed monster...' "'Earnestly. "'You know how difficult it is. I needn't tell you.' Zoe, flattered. "'What the eye can't see, the heart can't grieve for.' She pats him. "'Come.' Bloom, laughing witch, the hand that rocks the cradle. Zoe, baby, Bloom, in baby linen and police, big-headed with a call of dark hair, fixes big eyes on her fluid slip and counts its bronze buckles with a chubby finger, his moist tongue lolling and lisping. One, two, clee, clee, clone, The buckles, love me, love me not, love me, Zoe. Silent means consent. With little parted talons, she captures his hand, her forefinger giving to his palm the past touch of secret monitor, luring him to doom. Hot hands, cold gizzard. He hesitates amid sense, music, temptations. She leads him towards the steps drawing him by the odor of her armpits, the vice of her painted eyes, the rustle of her slip in whose sinuous folds lurks the lion reek of all the male brutes that have possessed her. The male brutes, exhaling sulfur of rut and dung and ramping in their loose box, faintly roaring, their drugged heads swaying to and fro, "'Good!' Zoe and Bloom reach the door where two sister whores are seated. They examine him curiously, from under their penciled brows, and smile to his hasty bow. He trips awkwardly, Zoe, her lucky hand instantly saving him. whoops Don't fall upstairs! Bloom. The just man falls seven times. He stands aside at the threshold. After you is good manners. Zoe. Ladies first, gentlemen after... She crosses the threshold. He hesitates. She turns and, holding out her hands, draws him over. He hops. On the antlered rack of the hall hang a man's hat and waterproof. Bloom uncovers himself, but, seeing them, frowns, then smiles, preoccupied. A door on the return landing is flung open. A man in purple shirt and gray trousers, brown socked, Passes with an ape's gait, his bald head and goatee beard upheld, hugging a full water-jug jar, his two-tailed black braces dangling at heels. Averting his face quickly, Bloom bends to examine on the hall table the spaniel eyes of a running fox. Then, his lifted head sniffing, follows Zoe into the music room. A shade of mauve tissue paper dims the light of the chandelier. Round and round, a moth flies, colliding, escaping. The floor is covered with an oilcloth mosaic of jade and azure and cinnabar rhomboids. Footmarks are stamped over it in all senses, heel to heel, heel to hollow, toe to toe, feet locked, a morass of shuffling feet without body phantoms, all in a scrimmage higgledy-piggledy. The walls are tapestried with paper of yew fronds and clear glades. In the grate is spread a screen of peacock feathers. Lynch squats cross-legged on the hearth of matted hair, his cap back to the front. With a wand he beats time slowly. Kitty Ricketts, a bony, pallid whore in navy costume, doughskin skin gloves rolled back from a coral wristlet, a chain purse in her hand, sits perched on the end of the table swinging her leg and glancing at herself in the gilt mirror over the mantelpiece. A tag of her corslet lace hangs slightly below her jacket. Lynch indicates mockingly the couple at the piano. Kitty coughs behind her hand. She is a bit imbecilic. She signs with the wagging forefinger. Blem blem. Lynch lifts up her skirt and white petticoat with his wand. She settles them down quickly. Respect yourself. (laughs) She hiccups, then bends quickly her sailor hat, under which her hair glows, red with henna. Oh excuse. Zoe. More limelight, Charlie. She goes to the chandelier and turns the gas full cock. Kitty peers at the gas jet. What ails it tonight? Lynch deeply. Enter a ghost and hobgoblins. Zoe. Clap on the back for Zoe. The wand in Lynch's hand flashes, a brass poker. Stephen stands at the pianola, on which sprawl his hat and ash-plant. With two fingers he repeats once more the series of empty fifths. Florrie Talbot, a blonde, feeble, goose-fat whore, in a tattered gown of mildewed strawberry, lolls spread-eagle on the sofa-corner, her limp forearm pendant over the bolster, listening. A heavy sty droops over her sleepy eyelid. Kitty hiccups again with a kick of her horsed foot. Oh, excuse. Zoe promptly. Your boy's thinking of you. Tie a knot on your shift. Kitty Ricketts bends her head. Her boa uncoils, slides, glides over her shoulder, back, arm, chair, to the ground. Lynch lifts the curled caterpillar on his wand. She snakes her neck, nestling. Stephen glances behind at the squatted figure with its cap back to the front. Stephen. As a matter of fact, it is of no importance whether Benedetto Marcello found it or made it. The rite is the poet's rest. It may be an old hymn to Demeter or also illustrate Coela and Narent Glorium Domini. It is susceptible of nodes or modes as far apart as Hyperphrygian and Mixolydian, and of texts so divergent as priests high hooping round David's, that is, Circe's, or what am I saying, Circe's altar, and David's tip from the stable to his chief bassoonist about the all-rightness of his almightiness. Ma nom de nom. that is, another pair of trousers. Je te la gomme, faut que je ne sais He stops, points at Lynch's cap smiles laughs which side is your knowledge bump the cap with saturnine spleen bah it is because it is woman's reason. jew greek is greek jew extremes meet death is the highest form of life bah stephen you remember fairly accurately all my errors boasts mistakes (laughs) How long shall I continue to close my eyes to disloyalty? Whetstone! The cap. Bah! Stephen. Here's another for you. He frowns. The reason is because the fundamental and the dominant are separated by the greatest possible interval which... The cap. Which? Finish. You can't. Stephen, with an effort... Interval which is the greatest possible ellipse consistent with the ultimate return, the octave, which, the cap, which, outside the gramophone begins to blare, the holy city, Stephen, abruptly. What went forth to the ends of the world to transverse, not itself, God, the sun, Shakespeare, a commercial traveler having itself uh, traversed, in reality itself, becomes that self. Wait a moment, wait a second. Damn, that fellow's noise in the street. Self, which itself was ineluctably preconditioned to become. Echo. Lynch, with a mocking whinny of laughter, grins at Bloom and Zoe Higgins. What a learned speech, eh? Zoe, briskly. God help your head, he knows more than you have forgotten. With obese stupidity, Florrie Talbot regards Stephen. Florrie, they say the last day is coming this summer. Kitty, no. ZOE explodes in laughter. GREAT UNJUST GOD! Florrie, OFFENDED. WELL, IT WAS IN THE PAPERS ABOUT ANTICHRIST. OH, MY FOOT'S TICKLING. RAGGED, BAREFOOT NEWSBOYS, Jogging a wagtail kite, PAT HER PAST, YELLING. THE NEWSBOYS, STOP edition. RESULT FROM THE ROCKING HORSE RACES! SEE SERPENT IN THE ROYAL CANAL! SAFE ARRIVAL OF ANTICHRIST! STEPHEN TURNS AND SEES BLOOM. STEPHEN. A TIME, TIMES, AND HALF A TIME. REUBEN I. ANTICHRIST, WANDERING JEW, A CLUTCHING HAND OPEN ON HIS SPINE, STUMPS FORWARD. ACROSS HIS LOINS IS SLUNG A PILGRIM'S WALLET FROM WHICH PROTRUDE promissory NOTES AND DISHONOURED BILLS. Aloft over his shoulder he bears a long boat-pole from the hook of which the sodden, huddled mass of his only son, saved from liffy waters, hangs from the slack of its breeches. A hobgoblin in the image of Punch Costello, hip-shot, crook-backed, hydrocephalic, prognathic with receding forehead, and alley-sloper nose, tumbles in somersaults through the gathering darkness. All. What? The hobgoblin, his jaws chattering, capers to and fro goggling his eyes squeaking kangaroo hopping with outstretched clutching arms, then all at once thrusts his lipless face through the fork of his thighs. Il vient, c'est moi l'homme qui rit, l'homme primogene. He whirls round and round with dervish howls, Sieurs et dames, faites vos jeux. He crouches, juggling. Tiny roulette planets fly from his hands. Les jeux sont faits. The planets rush together, uttering crepitant cracks. Rien ne vent plus. The planets' buoyant balloons, sail swollen up and away, he springs off into vacuum. Flory sinking into torpor, crossing herself secretly. The end of the world. A female tepid effluvium leaks out from her. Nebulous obscurity occupies space. Through the drifting fog without, the gramophone blares over coughs and feet shuffling. The gramophone. Jerusalem, open your gates and sing. Hosanna. A rocket rushes up the sky and bursts. A white star falls from it, proclaiming the consummation of all things and second coming of Elijah. Along an infinite, invisible tightrope, taut from zenith to nadir, the end of the world, a two-headed octopus in Gillies kilts, busby and tartan filibegs, whirls through the murk, head over heels, in the form of the three legs of man. The end of the world, with a Scotch accent. He'll dance the keel-row, the keel-row, the keel-row. Over the passing drift and choking breath-coughs, Elijah's voice, harsh as a corn-cake's, jars on high. Perspiring in a loose lawn surplus with funnel sleeves, he is seen, verdure faced above a rostrum about which the banner of old glory is draped. He thumps the parapet. End of Ulysses 15 C Read by Anita Roy Dobbs in Boston, June 2007